And with Google Wallet, we're really excited, um, as you can imagine, because this has been uh, a long journey in terms of being able to be thoughtful about bringing an app to market that not only gives you access to payments, but all the non-payment pieces that you would expect. So that is your identity, um, your health insurance cards, things you would normally put in your physical wallet. And I like to say uh, my goal here is to um, be able to leave your physical wallet at home and be able to leave the house um, and get in the car, you know, just with your phone. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Tearsheet Editor-in-Chief, Zach Miller. One of the things I appreciate about Google's approach to finding the right products and services and financial services to offer its users is that it's playing the long game. A year ago, Jenny Chang and her team launched Google Wallet, which combines the payment capabilities of Google Pay with the convenience of storing things digitally that you would normally carry in a real-world wallet, like a driver's license or a health insurance card. Jenny joins us on the podcast today to discuss the market for mobile wallets and how she and Google wanted to stand out from the growing choices consumers have. She shares some demographic information about who uses digital wallets and who doesn't, homing in on the ability to truly free a user from the constraints of a digital wallet as a potential avenue to get the over 40-year-old set, me included, to finally adopt digital wallets. Jenny also describes the power of an ecosystem approach that Google has brought to Google Wallet, servicing merchants and consumers, yeah, but also third parties that are needed to create a more expansive offering. Jenny Chang is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Gen Z is complex. And to serve this generation that grew up on Netflix and Amazon will require financial institutions to improve their experience. The thing is that by and large, banks haven't kept up. 83% of Gen Z surveyed say they are dissatisfied with the experience provided to them by their primary FI. That leaves an opportunity for brands. Brands of all sorts, from retail to transportation, are already embedding financial services into their offerings. This has the power to add new revenue streams, provide solutions to customers right at their point of need, create deeper, stickier relationships with their customers, and move out of the sea of sameness so common in many industries. 50% of younger users today don't have a bank account with a traditional bank. That's a great opportunity for brands to step in and service Gen Z. Learn how top brands are using embedded finance to increase engagement and boost revenues in new research published by Tearsheet in collaboration with modern issuer Marketa, whose platform is an end-to-end offering that combines modern card issuing and banking as a service. This new research addresses what Gen Z really is looking for from financial service providers, how traditional banks and payment firms are missing the mark with today's consumers, four different opportunities to serve Gen Z with Bass, and how brands have an opportunity to win the hearts and minds of younger generations. Go to tearsheet.co slash trust shift to download the report. That's tearsheet.co slash T-R-U-S-T-S-H-I-F-T to get the new research. Great. So who are you and what do you do? Hi, Zach. I'm Jenny Chang, and I am the uh, VP General Manager um, of Google Wallet here at Google. Um, I have the privilege and pleasure, honestly, of leading the team that's uh, launched uh, Google Wallet over this last year. In fact, we're hitting our one-year anniversary uh, later this month. 
Amazing. And I have to disclose, I am a Google Wallet user, so I, didn't, I haven't told you, you that before. Um, <laughs> but before we get into the specifics of, of the app and, and, and the role it plays at Google, maybe we could talk a little bit about, I guess, what's happening in general with wallets. Um, it seems like there are a lot more options for users today. Um, it's clearly not a winner-take-all market. I don't think it is. Um, but but what's what's what what kind of balance when you when you went to market are you looking for there to to convince a user to say well use this wallet as as opposed to another? Yeah, you know I think um, there are fabulous choices out there for mobile wallets as a whole, and I think it's really just uh, talking through a little bit about what's going on in the macroeconomic and just broader themes around fintech, as you know especially over the last, I'll say, seven to eight years. I think we've had some major shifts happening. One of them is just around digital and the generational kind of shifts happening there. I'm the mom of two Gen Zers, you know, and I I thought, gosh, I grew up in the era of, you know, the internet and we're uh, very fortunate over, you know, the last uh, 25, 30 years now, I've lost track of time. Um, and where we've shifted from an overall technology perspective. But if you look at kind of this next generation, um, it's fascinating to just look at some of the metrics that are happening out there. You know, there's a big division at about age 40 in the US. Um, over the age 40, a lot less adoption around mobile wallet usage. And uh, that the numbers are, are relatively low. They're in the mid 30. 5%, 38% perspective. And then when you look at that next generation, their usage is really high as expected. And that's true in the US um, and that's true globally. They're just um, more willing and expecting to be able to use their mobile phone to access everything. And that includes being able to pay and to be able to access their kind of day-to-day uh, needs via their mobile phone. And so when you think about that shift and you think about the shift of where people are going, and then globally even, um, when you think about the fact that most people have a phone, but not everyone has a laptop or a computer, the importance of the phone has really risen. And related to that, digital wallets have really become a place where people are expecting to be able to get to things they need whether it's payments or other items that are critical for their day-to-day -day, um, aspect. So I think that's been a big shift in um, the reason why we have so many mobile wallets out there. And when you think about mobile wallets and what's important related to that, I think a lot of it is about the safety and security and the accessibility you get from having a mobile wallet on your phone. And with Google Wallet, we're really excited, um, as you can imagine, because this has been uh, a long journey in terms of being able to be thoughtful about bringing an app to market that not only gives you access to payments, but all the non-payment pieces that you would expect. So that is your identity, um, your health insurance cards, things you would normally put in your physical wallet. And I'd like to say uh, my goal here is to um, be able to leave your physical wallet at home and be able to leave the house um, and get in the car, you know, just with your phone, be able to do a lot of things there and feel safe and secure about it um, without having to worry about going through, you know, 
I, I have an entire purse full of things that I have to get to you, my car keys, um, you know, my uh, house keys, everything. And so to be able to leave that all behind will definitely save my shoulder and my back from, <laughs> from at least five to 10 pounds of stuff that I need to carry around. I really appreciate um, that perspective on, on the wallet, uh, the digital wallet, like being untethered from not just the payment cards, but anything else that goes into like what you carry. And I, I was just on a trip with, with my daughter in Boston and there, I did make the decision to leave my physical wallet home a couple of times because I didn't need it. And, but I couldn't, it was, and it's about more than just credit cards. It's about some of that ancillary information, the travel information for me particularly. Yeah, I think that's a great example. When you think about all the things you need to have access to when you're traveling, um, I just uh, went on a vacation as well. And to think about a point where we can get to where your boarding pass is on your mobile wallet. And so we love that. We love having that. You're, you know, we just launched a mobile driver's license um, with Maryland, for example. So you could actually use your uh, Google wallet then to go through TSA um, and be able to use that to show your ID, to validate going through. And then when you board, you know, show your boarding pass. I think that is so convenient. And I'm a big fan of the convenience aspect rather than having a lot of paper or potentially misplacing your driver's license when you pull it out and then you're busy trying to put all your stuff together to get through security, misplacing it, dropping it. I think there's an aspect that just makes your life simpler if you can just have it all on one device easily accessible um, and you know it's there. So uh, it just makes things um, easier. As I was thinking about you know our, our conversation today, Jenny, what was clear to me, it was like, I mean, Google Pay is a wallet, right? In the sense of a typical definition of, a, of what a, you know, a, a digital wallet is. Is the distinction between Google Pay and Google Wallet those ancillary things then um, that we're adding to it? Yeah, you know, we've um, we've been on a journey here at Google and Google Pay is really the payment service and the payment mark overall. We also do have a Google Pay related app that really focuses on all the things you can do around your financial health and being able to clearly um, access your transaction history, things that you may want to look at related to your payment. Now, the Google Wallet really is about bringing this all together. So all forms of payments. So we uh, just recently um, announced um, card QR, for example, in Brazil, so that you can actually use a QR code to make a payment. Because as you know, uh, it isn't just about being able to tap and pay in every country. The needs and the type of payments vary widely based on where you are um, across the globe. So to be able to access all forms of payment, but then also all those non-payment areas that I mentioned. So looking at everything you would put in normally your physical wallet, mm -hmm. how do we enable that um, to go digital? So we offer digital car keys. Um, we actually just announced we're getting to the point where you can actually put your corporate badge on your uh, Google wallet as well. So to be able to badge through, um, you know, uh, our buildings here at Google, uh, to be able to badge through that with your mobile wallet is a, is a big change from having, again, to kind of dig through 
all your stuff to be able to get to um, other things you may need to access. I think we're at the point where the majority of us have our phone in our hand uh, for better or worse all the time. And so to be able, again, to make it very accessible and very helpful is a key part of Google Wallet as a whole. Makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I want to go back to something you mentioned before, Jenny, which was sort of that line of demarcation between under 40 and older 40 um, <laughs> in terms of uptake around wallets. So, so where does new growth come in the industry? Is it getting the over 40 more comfortable? Maybe it's through the badges that you're describing, those, those other things they would include in the wallet to increase usage, or is it getting younger people who already have a wallet to also um, you know, use a Google wallet? You know, I think it's both because uh, I, I, when you look at why uh, people generally, again, regardless of age, are not using um, a mobile wallet, it's usually related to two things. One is just a lack of awareness of, you know, the fact that they could actually, especially in the U.S., that they could tap and pay, for example, and not have to actually reach for a credit card. That's one aspect. The second aspect is just making sure that we're focused on all things related to, I like to call it trust. So you know that you can actually leave your physical wallet at home because you have everything you need on your mobile phone and you can use it where you go. So there has to be an acceptance as well of being able to use a digital wallet. Um, the second part of that is also feeling secure it's absolutely critical that you feel like you can trust the security related to your mobile wallet. And so Google Wallet, we're really focused on the fact that um, we have enabled a lot of security, both at the user level, but also at what we call the passes, so the non-payment aspect. We just announced, for example, we have this concept of private passes so that when you save your health insurance card to Google Wallet, you have to re-authenticate. So we've added kind of an additional step to make sure that there are different ways you can enable your passes that are more sensitive to be safer behind another uh, level of security. Um, we just wrote an article actually yesterday, Jenny, about um, Shop, Shopify's new entrance, well, new new functionality on for ShopPay, which enabled merchants that don't use the e-commerce stack to uh, to also integrate a, a wallet type of functionality. Um, as a jumping off point, just as a conversation, I'm curious, like, is it, are we at peak wallet? Are, you know, do you expect customers will have, you know, a dozen apps on their phone? Like what's, what's where do you see this sort of playing out? Because I, I, I can see like, it's not, it clearly it's not a, a winner take all market because there's different functionality in each different type, particularly within niche communities for wallet type technology. But like, where does this, where does this lead? Yeah, you know, I, I think there's a couple of things. Um, one is there has just been a big shift in commerce. Um, I, I think a lot, again, to my own experience and, and the experience of my family, like we have really moved into this omni-channel world where um, people are shopping and browsing both online and in person. And you may, um, you may start you know, in person and then go online to finish that, uh, that experience. And in, in that sense, I think really thinking about what are the best ways we can bring that consumer experience together 
both in person and online in, um, in a really seamless way is absolutely critical to where the overall industry is moving. Um, for, for Google in particular, I think we really think about um, the fact that we wanna be able to give that consumer um, as much accessibility as possible. And when I think about that, it's really about, again, um, different ways to make payments in person. I mentioned the QR codes, for example, but also um, just be able to surface the right kind of uh, payment at the right time is a key part of that thinking. And so when you see that shift in the industry, I think a lot of, um, a lot of the consumer side, as well as the business side, is really thinking about how do we do that overall and how do we enable that both from the merchant side of the house, but especially from the consumer side of the house, so we can bring that experience together and offer the best um, ability for consumers to actually you know, convert because ultimately the consumer wants to you know, purchase something and buy something. And then the merchant of course, wants to be able to capitalize on that from a payment perspective. And there's third parties in here as well, right? Like to get this done and to talk about all the different form factors you've talked about, um, you, you're creating an ecosystem as well, I assume. We are. Um, you know, one of the reasons uh, I love this opportunity that we are doing with Google Wallet is because we're bringing the ecosystem together. Big believer in um, making sure that we have a uh, platform and that's Google Wallet really is uh, essentially an ability to put a lot of different services into your wallet. So we talked about GPay from a payment perspective. We're talking about being able to put your boarding passes, your transit. So these are all kind of services or you know um, abilities that you could put into your Google Wallet in order to enable your experience to be you know as simple as possible across the board. So that ecosystem is absolutely critical, both from the developer and the partner perspective. One of the things that um, has not been lost on me, given where I sit in the industry, um, is Google's um, focus on trying to get payments and the payments ecosystem and sort of the vestigial things around that right. Um, and you know, it, it's not the type of thing that happens overnight and it, it's, it's a long build. Um, I'm curious about your personal background. I know you were at PayPal originally. How does, how, not originally, previously, um, how, does, how does some of that experience inform, I guess, how you approach building the ecosystem, building the product, getting customers on board? How, how, does it inform? Yeah, it, it, I would say the, the reason I'm in FinTech overall is because I'm a big believer in making um, all things financial just more accessible to everyone out there, regardless of your social economic background and regardless of whether or not you've got a phone that's $1,000 or a phone that's $100. Um, and so when you think about that, one of the areas that I love about Google is the fact that we Think about that from an Android ecosystem perspective as being open to all. Um, I think you're very aware like NFC and the ability to uh, tap and pay um, is really available only to high-end phones. And it's really be become more and more prevalent over the last couple of years. 
we still have a world out there where a lot of people do not have that type of technology readily available. And so a big part of what I get excited about around Google Wallet is thinking about how do we make sure that consumers, again, everywhere, globally as well as locally, have access to payments, have access to the things to make their lives easier. You know, a good example of this is looking at uh, the big shift that's happened in Brazil, especially post-COVID with the introduction of PICS and how the government is playing um, a big part in really bringing the entire Brazilian population forward in terms of looking at what can we, they do to enable digital payments as a whole. So I'm super excited, like Google Wallet, we, you know, we're really a big part of thinking about that from um, an overall ecosystem perspective in terms of, again, you know, what are all the things that we need to do to enable Google Wallet to be accessible for everyone and every type of phone and at every level? So I would say that's a big part of the reason I'm in FinTech as a whole and kind of what has informed um, my thinking as I focused on Google Wallet overall. Um, and then secondarily, I think you mentioned ecosystem and I think that's absolutely key. You know, we cannot only have a consumer app, we really do have to bring along the merchant and partner ecosystem in order to enable that access. So that you, you know, have what you need on your phone, but you can actually use it in the store and online as well. What's your like sort of BHAGs or your big hairy audacious goals for the rest of the year? Oh, I have so many. That's a good question. Um, you know, the one that I'll really focus on is, and that you've heard us talk through a little bit is around um, thinking about uh, how do we how do we enable um, mobile driver's licenses? How do we move that into a broader aspect of uh, what you need in your Google Wallet? I'd love to get to the point where um, you know, the aspects that I think of when you need your wallet has to do with not just payments, but identity, as well as those non-payment uh, aspects I mentioned, um, you know, health insurance cards and transit, things you use every day, and then things you use on occasion as a whole. So I'm really excited about that from an overall kind of focus and where we're going um, globally. Thanks for joining us today on the Chairsheet Podcast, Jenny. Oh, thanks, Zach. I appreciate it.